Wait a minute, I am excited um, to have the opportunity to speak with you all today. Um, you know, there's been um, uh, something that I read, this was probably a few years ago, uh, or last year, um, where it really, I, I was able to um, have to, or I, I had to stop and actually stop what I was reading and think about it some more in depth. Uh, and so I just want to share some of this with you. And, and what we're going to do is really look at the book of Job. Um, so if you would, uh, please go ahead and open your Bibles to Job. And, um, you know, what, what, we will, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about just a few parts of Job. Um, you know, if we wanted to, we could spend... Uh, days and hours looking at the book of Job and considering what the messages are. So, you know, our, our, my comments today, my lesson today is not intended to be an exhaustive uh, discussion of the book of Job. Um, and there are, there's a lot of deep topics, there's a lot of deep thoughts within the book. So if you find something that you have questions about or things that you're thinking about, I encourage you to go and study that out um, on your own and, and to take a look at what what is this about? What, is, what are we what are we looking at here? So we're going to begin, though, in Job 1. Um, and a few things before we get started about uh, the book of Job is that in, in the way that it's laid out, the beginning of it is a prologue, and then the, the body of the book is more, it's written more along the lines of poetry, and then you have the conclusion with it. And so um, what's great about this is, is I, I, when I read it, you, you can get an understanding um, of just the beauty of God in ways that um, when you first read it, you think, how, how is this possible? So that, we're, we're going to begin in Job, uh, in, in chapter 1, verse 1. Um, and uh, in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. And this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So we, we see here, just as far as an introduction, Job, uh, he's not an Israelite. We don't know specifically what time or when this was written. So there's some points that we, we don't understand as to when did this take place in the chron chron chronological order of the Bible. Um, and then we also read he was a man of great wealth. You know, it says here in, at the end of chap, uh, verse 3, he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So he had considerable wealth. Um, he was very conscientious of his children. I mean, for him to go and, and actually do sacrifices on behalf of his children and to try and purify them uh, for, uh, that perhaps they sinned against God just shows you where his heart was. He was a man who was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. So it gives you an idea as to who is the character of Job. Uh, I mean, you know, just a, an outstanding, a faithful person. So now we transition, and when we look at verse 6, we begin reading. It says, One day 
the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him in his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. And the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed their three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Let's continue. On another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery 
and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. You know, this is, a, this is a powerful story, and this is a story that you know, we look at and I look at. I'm like, how do you explain this? Um, and you know, th- that's part of what the rest of the book is about. Um, and so I encourage you, if, you, if you're interested, like, how does this happen? What does this mean? We're going to talk a little bit about it today. But um, I encourage you to go and examine it deeper. But there's a few points here, as I mentioned earlier when I read this, that made me really stop and think. And the first one, and we see it, we see it twice in what Satan's response, response is to the Lord. Satan answers the Lord when God asks him, where have you come from? He says, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. You know, I think it's something that we can easily dismiss or we try not to talk about. We try not to give a seriousness to. But we have to understand that Satan is roaming the earth, that he is looking for opportunities um, to snare us. You know, there's there's uh, a great another scripture, first Peter five, verse eight, where it says your enemy, the devil prowls around. And I think very often we, we find ourselves not wanting to talk about Satan. Not wanting to admit that the devil is there, that the devil is real, um, and that we are in a battle. You know, that we we try to please people. We try not to talk about these things. But as we read here, and we read twice, the devil's roaming, Satan's roaming the earth. He's, he's, He's looking around the earth, going back and forth on it. For us, it's important that we have an understanding of what that means um, and that we understand that it is a real battle. It's a real struggle that's in this world. Um, and then as we keep reading, and we look in verse 9 as to uh, more of the dialogue between God and Satan. This is in chapter 1, verse 9. We see, does Job, Satan's reply to God is, does Job fear God for nothing? And have you not put a hedge around him in his household and everything he has? What I, I, I really pause and think about is, you know, when we think about what does a hedge mean, you know, a hedge is used to protect us. You know, in, in Isaiah, it talks about how God will build, build hedges around people. You know, I think about your yards. You build hedges to protect your yard. You, you build, it's a protection for us. It's what we use to protect ourselves. And... Satan actually um, calls out the fact to, or calls out to God and, and pushes the thinking of it, and it, it pushes me to think even more about what, is, what are the hedges in my life? What are those things in my life that when I look at it and I say, what, what, are, what am I dependent on for my spirituality? What are things that I feel like I have to have for me to do well? And then if you were to take some of those things away, if you were to take some of those conveniences in my life away, how do I respond to it? Um, you know, I, I, for some examples for me in particular, I think about some of the, uh, just my, my daily activities where I find myself, I need, I need a certain amount of sleep. You know, I, need, I need a certain amount of activity that with, for you know, physical activity. Um, I need for things really to go well for me in some areas. Um, of, as far as my schedule, if my schedule gets thrown off, then I feel like I'm playing behind. You know, these are all, for me, what I would call hedges in my life. You know, things that I've built up that I feel like if I don't have these things happen, then how do I respond to it? 
what's 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 my what's my reaction when when you know you, you trim a little bit of the hedge in my yard um, and I, I can feel like you know the 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 uh, you know the locusts are coming or you know that everything's being attacked um, it's my it's my response to the situations in my life and even in in the first sentence here it says does job fear God for nothing you know, so often I think of my own spirituality and I think of I need to be faithful so that things go well for me. You know, I need to be faithful so that I have a, a, a path of least resistance. And so my faith with God can even become something where it, it becomes comfort. You know, I, I, I want to be faithful to God so that I can have a life of comfort. Um, and it's, it's something that can, can ensnare my thoughts and, and my attitudes about it. And I think... The other piece of it that's, that's important for us is when we read about Job, when we read about everything that happened to him, this isn't a, uh, for us to look at our lives and say, woe is me because of the challenges that I have. Look at Job and the struggles that he's going through or that he went through. Like, I have no ground to stand on. Uh, it's not a story of, of, of a lack of compassion um, that we get. We all have the struggles in our life and the things that, that we're going through, but how are we responding in, to those situations? Yeah. You know, what, what for us personally are the challenges that, that we have uh, and that we're, we're really uh, facing in our lives? What are the, what are the hedges that we have uh, built up around ourselves that we feel like if, if these things are taken away, uh, how will I do? You know, and I just think about it. We can think about this in a bigger picture um, about, you know, oh, well, you know, if, if, of course, if my my uh, house was taken away or, you know, if I lost my job, how would I respond? And, you know, if if, if things were, were to happen to my children, what what how would I respond to that? But I think even more of uh, for us to think about this and apply it on a daily level, you know, when you when you get thrown off. Why are you getting thrown off of your, of your faith? Why are you losing um, your, your commitment to God? What, what, what is it that's bringing you trouble in your life? And when, when you feel like you're falling short of God, what, what are those areas that are causing you to sin? Um, and to ask yourself honestly, are these hedges, are these things that I have built up uh, over-reliance on that, that my, if I don't have these things go a certain way, my spirituality as a result suffers? For us to think about what are the hedges in our life um, and, and to think about what is it that we're fearing God for. Um, are, are, we, are we truly fearing him for nothing? Or are we fearing him for you know, the, a life of comfort, a life where uh, we can, we can uh, evade some of, the, some of the challenges in our life? So um, is that, does that help you all understand one of the first points about about the hedges of, of God uh, are the hedges that we have built up in our lives. Um, one of the, the the parts about the the story with with Job too is we even see it at the end where or at the end of verse uh, chapter two verse nine where his wife says to him, "Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die." And he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And, you know, I, I do think so often that we, we, we look at our lives and we think of, of, um, of the, the good things that we want and 
to, for us to be surrendered to, to God with, with what we're looking for and, and to, to understand that there's situations that we're not going to be able to grasp. We're not going to be able to, to understand with what he's explaining or with, what, with what's happening to us. And, and then we move on to, uh, in chapter 2, verse 11, we're going to read from here. It says, when Job's three friends, Eliphaz the uh, Temanite, Bildad the, the I, I have trouble pronouncing these words in a, in a public setting. The, the, uh, the Shuhite and Zophor the Namathite heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. And then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. You know, when, um, when I uh, uh, think about the, the, the story of the friends who come, and you see they sit there for seven days and seven nights, but then what follows in, in the rest of the book is Job voices his... Uh, his, his frustration with what's happened to him. And if you look actually in Job 3, verse 3, it says, May the day of my birth perish in the night that said a boy is conceived. That day may it, may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine on it. You see how, how dark he is. I mean, he has a very emotional reaction to it, and it's understandable. And what you, what you find happen in the rest of the book is that Job and his friends, they begin in a dialogue. And essentially what, what they're doing is they are trying to determine why this happened to Job. And there's a back and forth exchange as to why, why did this happen to me? Like, how, why, why did this occur? Um, and what we see and what, what you, you begin to, to notice is that they're all trying to describe God. They're all trying to say uh, and, and to attribute to him the actions uh, as to a consequence. Either God is unjust or God is just. Um, and, and the part of this that really, when, when you read it, and it's, it can be hard when you're reading the, the description and the account from his friends, because what you, what you, I find myself sometimes agreeing with the things that they say. I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that's a good point, you know, and I, yeah, I agree with that. Then I read what Job says, I'm like, I agree with what he says too. Um, but, you know, so it does, it makes us, it makes you stop and read and, and you have to think about what is, what are they saying here? What are the points that they're trying to get across? And, um, and it's great, it's a great example to me. Um, you know, how many of you grew up watching uh, um, Boy Meets World? <laughs> yes, yes, some of us did. You know, how, and, and then... Um, you know, I, I, we have three kids, and so I, whenever we get to watch the new show now is Girl Meets World. Um, and then even before that, we would watch Dora the Explorer, Diego. And, you know, what's clear about all of these stories, and the part that even troubles me some when I'm watching them, is that in 30 minutes, you know, you, ha you have a problem, you have, you have a course of action to fix it, and then you have a nice, clean resolution with the bow on top, and it's done. Right? You have, you have problem, solution, implementation, and it's fixed, you know? And, and so it, it paints this picture of like everything should be done and wrapped up very easily, very succinctly. 
Um, and, and even in conversations with the kids from time to time, I, I, I find myself, you know, they'll, they'll say some comments every now and then about, uh, you know, th things will get wrapped up easy or, you know, it sh should, be, should be done pretty, pretty simply. And, and even when you think about the shows that we watch, the movies that we watch, you know, you have, you have problem, you have uh, the, the plan for action, and you have the implement, and then it, then it happens. And so even in our own thinking, we can, we can try to describe things in terms of, in terms of just so simple, like, yes, we have to do this, and we get this, and you know, we, we can turn things into a simple formula, if you will, where it's, like, it's, just, it's, a, it, it's a process, and so we, we go through it. And that's what they're doing here, is, is they're trying to say, you sinned, Job, and because you sinned, all of this happened to you. Like, this is all your fault. And what you need to do, Job, is you need to repent, and once you repent, then all of this will be done and it will be taken away. And it's so, you, you, you know what happens here. And you know that this is a conversation with God. This is a conversation uh, with Satan. And these are just decisions that they make. We don't really know why this happened. And, and frankly, it doesn't get answered in the book of Job. We don't know ultimately why did God do this. Uh, and it's a question that's unanswered. But as humans, as people, that's what we are drawn to. We're drawn to wanting things explained to us clearly and succinctly. We're wanting in our own minds to have this, this narrative of why things happen. And we try, to, we try to explain it in very clear and very distinct and in very succinct ways um, of, of what happens to us and why, why have these things happen. And you, you can read. I, I want to just share with you a few different scriptures. We don't have to turn here. But these are just some of the, the explanations that they provide Job as to why did these things happen to him. So Eliphaz, uh, in chapter 4, verse 7, he, he says to him, Who, being innocent, has ever perished? So he's, he's coming in and he's telling Job, You're not innocent. Um, Bildad, uh, he says in chapter 8, beginning in verse 3, Does God pervert justice? And th this is the part, uh, the, how Job does not respond in a way to this uh, is, is amazing to me. He says, when your children sinned against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. So he's basically telling them, hey, your, your children sinned, and God punished them as a result of their sin. And then in Zophar, chapter 11, verse 3, it says, will your uh, idle talk reduce others to silence? Will no one rebuke you? And then he says, oh, how I wish that God would speak. And then Eliphaz in chapter 15, verse 20, says, all his days the wicked man suffers. So he's implying that Job is a wicked man. And Bildad uh, says in chapter 18, verse 21, such is the place of one who doesn't know God. And then uh, Zophar in chapter 20, verse 22, says, in the midst of his plenty, distress will overtake him. God will vent his burning anger against him. So all of these, these men, his friends who came and they sat with him for seven days, you know, they, they grieved on him, or they grieved with him. They come and they are, are talking to him in, in specific terms as to you, you did this and you need to uh, repent of your sin. And, and the part of this that I, I think about and that makes me pause um, and when, as far as the examples that are given, is that I feel so often that I try to do the same thing in my own life. Right. And that I try so often to say, well, you know what? I didn't, 
you know, I, I didn't have a great, a great, uh, you know, quiet time today. Um, so, you know, I really need to sit down. I need to do more. Or, you know, I really, I need to take an effort. I need to make an effort of having, uh, of having a greater, um, greater quiet time reading, reading more. Uh, feeling like, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm off on these top things right now with my family. And what I need to do is, is to, to think about, you know, fixing it by identifying what's the problem, what are the actions, and then here's the solution and the implementation. I mean, we, we so often find ourselves saying, I need to do, making it a formula to say, I need to do X and Y, and then I'll have Z yeah. come out of it. Um, and I, I find that very often in my life of, of just feeling like I need to do this. These are the things that I need to, to start practicing, and then I'll be able to fix it. Um, and and what, what you begin to see in, in, the, in the stories and what you even start to think about, going back to the first point, is what are those hedges around us? What are those hedges in my life that I feel like I... I uh, I've built myself up on, and so often it's, it's me. It's I need to do this, feeling that responsibility of if I don't do this, then I'm not going to be able to, to, to have an, an impact. I'm not going to be able to have the, the, type of, um, the type of life that I want to live. And um, it's just it, the examples for it take away from what I think is one of the core messages in the book of Job, which is a book of faith. And do we have the faith and are we trusting in God first before we go into these actions? You know, I, I, I think about it so much where I find myself personally um, acting in ways to strengthen my faith versus having faith and in going into my actions. So I find myself feeling like if I do X, Y, and Z, I will, I will have a stronger faith as a result of it instead of feeling like I going into the going into a step of having a strong faith with what I'm doing. So really feeling like what I'm doing and reading and praying and talking and sharing my faith with others, being reminded of the gift of the Holy Spirit that we do have. To just be reminded of the power of God um, in, in our in our lives and what He's been able to do. One of the uh, one of the challenges with that is. Uh, so often, I think we can find ourselves being, um, being getting mixed up in what we're doing, um, and and feeling like it is all on us. That our faith with God, we can we can look at um, the parts of it and, and take the parts of it that we want to have um, go a certain way, and when they don't, then we respond in a negative. In a negative way, we we have a negative outlook on the situations, and and we can forget about the power of God and the glory of God. And in Job uh, thirty-eight, if you would go ahead and turn to me, or turn with me to Job thirty-eight. In Job thirty-eight, uh, you have this dialogue that's been going back and forth between. Um, Job's friends and Job, and then finally the Lord comes to speak. And um, and actually, if we if you um, jump back to um, chapter thirty-two and in verse two, 
There's another character who comes in, another person who, who comes. It's a younger person um, named Elihu. And in uh, chapter 32, verse 2, um, Elihu says, But Elihu, son of Barakal, the Buzite of the family of Ram, became very angry with Job for justifying himself rather than God. He was also angry with the three friends because they had found no way to refute Job and yet had condemned him. So you can see with what Elihu introduces here is that what he's trying to do and, and what, he, what he explains is that he's angry because Job has been spending his time justifying himself rather than God. So he's become very inward focused and he's become very focused on these are the things that I did wrong or these are the things that I need to fix um, or I, I wish God would do these things instead of understanding the power of God and, and the greatness of God. And if we jump back, if you jump back to, to Job 38 and in verse 2, this is jo- the God coming down and speaking to Job, and he, he speaks in such a way, and, and I think even with what Matt was sharing earlier during the communion, is we are reminded of just the greatness of God and the love of God in our life. And this, to me, is, is what really, I, I love reading this section of Job because it, it's God who comes down and he speaks to Job and he puts him in a place where they have been spending so much time talking about who's just, who's, is God just, is he unjust? Uh, you know, you've done wrong, these are the sins that you've committed, and then as a result, this, this is the consequence that you have in your life. And so much of this, we try to figure out and we try to explain, but it's just, we don't, we're not able to understand it sometimes. And it's a trust in God, it's a faith in God that we need to have in our lives that can be hard for us sometimes to understand. What does that mean? Um, why, why do we need to trust in God? What is it, what is it about God that, that draws us to him? Um, and you know, instead of us thinking more about what is it about us that we need to do, what are our actions need to be uh, for us to look at and consider what is it that God has done, not just in our lives, but uh, throughout the world. What is the details that he's done in creating the world that he has brought us and that he wants to have a relationship with us? So I'd like for us to look at Job 38, um, verse 2, and to just read, uh, I'm, I'm going to read several of the verses here. Um, for us, and this is, this is God who speaks to Job um, and is, is talking to Job about, um, about himself. He says, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place, that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? 
Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the, ado- to the abode of light? And where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hell, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm to water a land where no one lives, an uninhabited desert to satisfy a desolate wasteland and make it sprout with grass? Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? From From whose womb comes the ice? who gives birth to the frost from the heavens, when the waters become hard as stone, when the surface of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? You know, and God continues in, in outlining just the details that he has created in, in this world and in this earth. And what you understand about what God is telling Job and what you see is, is for us to understand the power that he has in his life. All of the great things that are, that the power that God has given uh, to the world and what he has created and just the significance of that in our thinking. And I find myself so often thinking about instead of those things, Instead of thinking about the great things that God has done, thinking about what are the problems in my life? What are, what are those things that I wish that, that were different? Or what are the things that I would like to see uh, that aren't happening? And then to even think about it, what is it that I need to do more of? You know, finding, finding yourself getting caught in that, whereas the, the, the focus of this is for Job, and what Job does so well is he trusts in God, that he has a faith in God that is so strong. Um, and we can see here, as, as, as the Lord describes what he's done, what, it's a great example for us to think about what is our faith built upon? You know, what is it that, that we have uh, done for our lives? What is it that God has done for our lives uh, that we can take and we can find um, the inspiration from? Um, I, I wanted just to close out with, um, in chapter 40, Verse 7. We see here, and this is the Lord speaking to Job. There's been a a continuation of the dialogue, and this is the Lord who speaks to Job. He says, brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's? And can your voice thunder like his? Then adorn yourself with glory and splendor and clothe yourself in honor and majesty. Unleash the fury of your wrath. Look at all who are proud and bring them low. Look at all who are proud and humble them. Crush the wicked where they stand and bury them all in the dust together. 
shroud their faces in the grave, and then I myself will admit to you that your own right hand can save you. Yo, what God is saying here, and, and what he tells Job is, with what, the way that Job has looked at this situation, he's felt like God is unjust. You know, that God should, instead of having judgment on him, he should be going around and having judgment on all those that are wicked and that are, are, uh, that are acting in sin. And God says to him, well, hey, listen, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to consider this. You know, look at all those who are proud and then bring them low. Look at all who are proud and humble them. He, he, he reminds Job and he, he is imparting to him, I am in a place of authority uh, and my ways are not going to be your ways. And for us, that, it's something that I think is, speaks to the essence of what our faith to God needs to be, what we're called to do is we're called to trust in God um, throughout all of the situations that we have in our life. And um, for us, I think we can, we, can, we can find a lot of time thinking about what are those big things that we want. But even more for me and what I find helpful about this is thinking about it on even, even the practical levels of my life and what are the things that I find myself leaning to, what are the things that I find myself trying to justify myself with or justify myself through, what are those things that I try to... Um, stay away from uh, so that I can have a life of comfort, so that I can have a life where I'm not being pushed outside of my faith. So, I, you know, I, I hope that this was helpful. Um, you know, the, the, the challenge that I, that I had in even thinking about this is, you know, there's, there's so many complex topics and there's a, lot of, there's a lot that can be considered with this. And so I, I really tried just to focus on those few, few points as to the, the dialogue there of Satan with God and for us to give some examination as to what are those hedges, what are those things that we've built up in our life, um, and then for us to consider, too, how Job and his friends spend a lot of time just trying to dialogue about why did these things happen to us, and sometimes that's just, that's uncertain, um, and that's part of what our faith and what, what our commitment to God is, is that we're faithful um, with the things that happen for us to not try to figure these things out. Um, and, and to try and put them in this, you know, boy meets world or door of the explorer, um, you know, phrase, and that when, when we don't have the re- resolution that we want immediately, that that's okay. Um, that's part of, part of what, what, we, what, what our, our journey with God is about. Um, so uh, I do hope that um, this was helpful uh, for, for some of you and that um, – this will be an example, and I do, I encourage you to take, take the time to read the book of Job, and especially, I think, too, with the situations we have um, in the world now, um, just with, you know, the violence, um, a lot of different things, you know, we try to put, we try to figure it out, um, and I think the book of Job speaks to about things that sometimes we just, we just don't know.